What's good, Commanders family? Brian Colbert Jr. here with your starting running back, Brian Robinson Jr. He is our first guy up on our Next Man Up podcast. We're talking about him being a mama's boy. We're talking about the way he's acclimated into this offense. We're talking about his mentality. And also, B-Rob lets us know what him and our Commanders family needs from the Commanders fans in week three. What's good, Commanders family? Brian Cobra Jr. here, and this is your first ever episode of the Next Man Up podcast, where I sit down with your favorite Commanders players, and we get into the guy behind the helmet. You know, we're not really talking X's and O's, we're talking more about life, more about what makes these men who they are, and when it comes to stories, I don't know if there's a better one in the NFL right now. So, of course, my first guest had to be Brian Robinson Jr., our starting running back, second-year man out of Alabama. Brother, how you doing today, man? I'm great, man. How you I'm doing good, yes, man. I appreciate so. you, man. Now, I got to go right into yep. last Sunday, bro. Yep. Two touchdowns in crunch time in the fourth quarter. Yep. What was going right for you Sunday? Uh, I mean, just really uh, getting the rhythm, you know, uh, finally catching the rhythm of the game and, you know, just seeing, you know, how they was going to attack me and, uh, you know, what was the best, best way for me to uh, attack them. And, uh, you know, by, you know, by the time they start feeding me the ball, I had it all figured out. You know, I knew how I wanted to attack. And uh, you know, I just made the most of my opportunities. And, brother, you definitely made the most of your opportunity. And after one of your touchdowns, we in mile high, but yeah. you jump into the fans, right? You yeah. jump into the stands, and you got a bunch of Commander fans there. Right. What was that like, knowing that Commander fans were there? Did you know they was there when you jumped so, in? Like, what was uh, that What was that moment like? Talk once, to us about once it. I, once I uh, went into celebration mode, um, you know, I, I had already kind of went towards the back wall and I seen a huddle of uh, Commanders fans. And I was like, you know, uh, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now, you know, right here, you know, in front of them. So, um, you know, that was exciting, man. Like, I always, you know, I've seen people jump jump over the wall and, you know, jump in the stands stuff, you know, in the league. And, you know, that was my first time just, you know, getting an opportunity to it. Just, it was a clear opportunity. I just took it, yeah. Is it a little sweeter being able to do that and, like, an opponent's territory, like really be able to vibe with your fans, even though you're not home. Yeah, I think that was probably the, um, what kind of influenced it a little more. Like I don't even, like I don't even think about jumping in the stands when I'm at home. But like you know, to just jump in their stands with my fans and you know, uh, you know, make it feel like home just a little bit. You know, that that felt good. Yeah, man. And we got a lot of football to talk about. But before that, man, I want to really get into you, man. Like I said, you got an amazing story, mm-hmm. and you've been through a lot of trials and tribulations. Right. Not a lot of people have a rookie season like you had mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you have the incident you come back and you really show out you know what I mean you come back very quickly mm-hmm. October 9th 2022 mm-hmm. what does that date mean to you uh that was a, a breakthrough day for me mm-hmm. you know um you know being able to just you know come out of the shell you know that I was I was heading under you know you know dealing with all the things I was de- dealing with you know, mentally and physically, and uh, just finally being able to just come from under that shell and you know, just you know, you know, you know, step back into my element. You know, you know, going back into, you know, doing doing what I love to do. You know, in front of, you know, uh, exciting people and fans. You know, who who uh, who was you know very excited and loved to see me back on the field. And I, uh, you know, all that energy. You know, just kind of. You know, kept me going in the right direction mentally. So, uh, you know, I was more than you know, prepared to, you know, get back on the field. Yeah, man. You mentioned those mental hurdles you were going through, man. Talk about that a little bit. You know, that's that's four weeks that you were not expecting to miss, right? Your rookie season. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a lot of questions, maybe some self-doubt. What mm-hmm. was going through your mind during that process and that healing process? Uh, nothing. I was just really disappointed, you know, from, you know, what I was dealing with, you know, um, 
you know, I done been through so much in my life to get to this point and, um, you know, just work so hard, put in, you know, you know, unconditional time and, you know, effort, you know, to get to this point and, you know, uh, Finally, you know, got drafted, you know, after spending five years in school, finally got drafted, you know, got here, you know, got started to get comfortable here, you know, around the people and, you know, the fans and, you know, the guys in the locker room. And, you know, right as soon as I got comfortable about to go into my rookie season, you know, I almost get everything taken away from me, you know, just at a blink of an eye, you know, with something that literally had nothing to do with me. And, um that's probably the most disappointing uh, thing about it, you know, just having to deal with that um, face-to-face, you know, and you, you, you don't really, you know, set yourself up for that. And you just got to deal with it in the moment, but you just got to, you know, keep striving and, you know, expect to come out that back end, you know, uh, with your head up high. What did you learn about yourself during that time? Uh, I just really learned that I'm a super, super resilient, you know, person, you know, and uh, I don't have you know, a lick of a quit in me. You know, I'm a fighter, you know, regardless of, you know, what I'm dealing with or battling with, it can be the, you know, the worst thing, you know, like having two gunshot wounds, one in the hip and one on in the knee and you're in my dominant, you know, running leg. And uh, still having the mindset that, you know, uh, I'm going to recover from this and I'm going to come back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, still going to dominate, you know, and never, never doubting that, you know, I'm going to, you know, be able to, you know, shake back from this and still come and uh, dominate, you know, at this level. You've definitely came back and dominated, man. And, you know, going through these things, sometimes we can feel like we're on an island. Sometimes we feel a little alone. Who was there for you during this process of the healing process and getting back that helped you keep your mind right, that helped you stay strong? Was anybody particular that helped you in that? Uh, uh, I get credit, you know, everybody around this building, you know, uh, you know, Coach Rivera, uh, Mr. Mayhew, Coach Jordan. You know, everybody in the uh, training room, you know, they they really uh, comforted me, you know, uh, during that time. And um, my family and my mom, she, uh, you know, she had to, you know, put down work for a couple of weeks to, you know, you know, fly up here, you know, just take care of me at home wow. and make sure I was good, you know, until I got uh, up and moving back on my feet. And um, so, you know, I had, you know, you know, people in my corner, you know, that, you know, I really care about, that really care about me, that, you know, just showed me, you know, how much, you know, they care about me and my mental and wanted me to, you know, get back, you know, to myself again. Yeah, and I'm sure you had a whole city behind you as well, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That's where you're from, right? Right. Talk about Tuscaloosa and what that did for shaping the man that is Brian Robinson Jr. Just, you know, growing up there, you know, very, very, very limited resources. You know, you just, you gotta, you gotta be a different, you gotta, you know, wanna, you know, stand out, wanna stick out, you know, in order to get, you know, the, the, the recognition that you want, you know, in order to make it up out of there. And, uh, it was a grind, it was a process, you know, um, you know, it was a journey, but I appreciate, you know, every, every single step of the way, you know, uh, all the lessons I learned, you know, uh, you know, all the people I met, you know, people that came in my life and left out of my life, um, you know, staying at home in Tuscaloosa to go to school at the University of Alabama, uh, you know, it, you know, it went a little bit longer than I expected as <laughs> right. my, you know, uh, college career. But uh, if I could go back and do it again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a thing. And, um, you know, Tuscaloosa really, you know, made me the man I am today. You know, I literally been in Tuscaloosa my whole life, literally from the time I was born until, you know, uh, Washington called me. So, um, I'm very thankful, you know, from, you know, for, uh, you know, what I came from and, you know, what has helped me, you know, turn myself into. 
Hey man, we're thankful that you ended up here, man, and that you went through that journey to get to this point. And you said it yourself, right? Tuscaloosa made you the man you are. But right. a lot of that also is that support system. And you mentioned your mom. Right. You mentioned your mother. Now me, I'm a mama's boy. I don't right. know if you want to call yourself a mama's boy, but right. I'm a mama's boy. And I know you and your mom yeah. have a really close relationship. Can you talk to us about you and your mother's relationship, what she's done for you, the sacrifice she made? You mentioned, man, she put her job on hold for right. you just to make sure you was healthy, man. Talk about all those sacrifices and what this lady has done for you. Man, uh, honestly, that was probably just the, the minimum of, you know, sacrifices I feel like she'd have made for me in my life. Uh, you know, she was she was a single parent, you know, uh, with with three kids and a and a and a knucklehead young boy like me, and you know, uh, I was a handful. I was a lot to deal with, but she, you know, she, you know, she went above and beyond, you know, to make sure that I was always staying on track, you know, doing the right things, going to school and for the right purpose, and you know, if I wanted to play sports, that I, you know, I was going. I'm gonna take it serious, and uh, you know she didn't. She didn't like slack off of me. She didn't, you know, give me, you know, any room to, you know, just slack off. And uh, she stayed on me, you know, every single, you know, step of the way. And uh, the older I got, the more I started to understand, you know, you know what she was hounding into me, you know, as I was, you know, growing up. And you know, you know, as I got older and started to understand it, and I just started, you know, just continue to apply everything she taught me, and you know how she raised me. I just continue to apply that to my. You know my daily routine and my lifestyle and uh not just keep that in the back of my head yeah now that you're older and now that some of those sacrifices she made we're seeing them pay off in real time right, right. what are your conversations like now do you guys have those moments where you're like mama look like it was all worth it like do you yeah. guys have those moments together we, we actually had them um, the moments where um i sit back and i just kind of talk about like all the stuff that I, I didn't admit when i was young <laughs> you know like i sit there and i you know i finally come to truth about stuff that I probably kept a secret from her or stuff that like she just didn't know about and we just you know we just talk like adults now you know I just kind of you know I just tell her about like I'm like mom you remember like you probably don't remember but uh I did this and you didn't know about it now I'm telling you now right you know <laughs> you know and I just feel like um we at a point now where like you know she knows what you know what she raised me into she knows you know my intent you know know how my mind is set and uh you know, when we have those type of conversations, like, you know, I don't expect her to, like, you know, throw a fit and get <laughs> right. mad at me like how she probably would back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But, uh, you know, it's just, you know, we continue to build that relationship. And um, I think we, you know, we got a pretty strong relationship. Yeah. Now, it's just me and you talking, right? Like, ain't anybody else listening, anybody watching. So, can you give me one of those inside stories where you're like, mom, this is, what was one of those things you had to break to and tell her? Like, hey, mom, did you know I was getting into this when I was at the crib? Like, do you have one of those that you can share with us that's appropriate for so, the commanders? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I was in the house. With, um, it was just me and my sisters and, like, my oldest sister. My oldest, is, she... Um, she just turned 31. Okay. So that was the oldest that was in my house. And my middle sister, she is 29 right now. So uh, my mom used to work all the time. So it was like just me and my sisters in the house. I used to be getting so aggravated and annoyed just being in the house with them all the time. So uh, so one day I had some fireworks. I, I had like a little small little, one of the little light up fireworks. I must have lit up the firework and threw it on my sister bed. In the crib? In the crib. <laughs> so I, I lit the firework up and I threw it on my sister bed and it it popped and everybody just got to flying everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> she told me she was gonna tell on me like to just get under my skin for like 
the next week, two weeks, like she just kept picking with me. Like, like if I ain't do something, she held it over your head. Yeah, she tried to hang it over my head for like two weeks, and then like eventually, I just like you know what, you can tell them, you know, like I don't even care. Like I don't even care if you tell. Now you're not about to keep hanging it over my head. So she really didn't never tell on me, and then like eventually, like I had the conversation. I talked. I told my mama about it, and like she was livid. <laughs> To this day, so she had no idea that you actually had done that. Yeah. There was no like smoke or like any nah, like nah, nothing on the walls or nothing nah. like that. Oh, you lucky man. She didn't pay more. Like <laughs> she used to work so much, so when she right. come on, she ain't paying that much attention to what we got going on. Mm -hmm. Like then, you know, by that time she get home, we we almost in bed getting ready for the next day. So like she ain't paying attention for real. So I'm really waiting up to see if my sister gonna tell on me when she get home. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Those similar stories are fun, man. And you know, another story I heard actually, because I mean, clearly you a big dude, man. You a big guy. You got to be a big guy to be running back, right? Yeah. I heard your mom used to have to walk around with your birth certificate because at yeah. certain sporting events, yeah. they didn't believe you was the age right. that you were saying you yeah. was. Is that true? Yeah. So I like my little league football games. I just come out having a game, probably had like four or five touchdowns, first quarter, first half or something like that. And, uh, something light, yeah. And, <laughs> and the first thing, you know, the opposing team would want to do is, you know, they'll do that for anybody they thought was just too talented or too big for, you know, the kids that was playing, which is understandable. Right. Like if I had a kid on the field and they had my kid running up against some prototypical type of, you know, young guy, yeah. I'm like, Hold on, something ain't right. Let's make sure, <laughs> right. you know, so uh, it's a few you know, times where they just stop the game and check my uh, birth certificate to make sure I was, you know, the age, you know, the age group and the weight limit, uh, you know, to be playing like a skilled position yeah. at uh, like seven, eight years old. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be a little ego boost, though, for like a seven to eight year old kid, right? To be like, yo, I'm this good that they checking my birth certificate. Did that right. kind of tell you then like, OK, man, I, I might be on to something with this football thing? I didn't think about it much then mm. because I was just I was just having so much fun just being, a, you know, being a, a young boy, just playing, playing ball. Like I was just having so much fun. Like I wasn't thinking about like, you know, who was paying that much attention to me yeah. to, stop, to stop the game to check my age. Yeah. It just be kind of like, it really kind of used to annoy me because I'm like, bro, I'm the same age as everybody else. I mm -hmm. might be a, just a little bit more more than them, but that don't mean you got to, you know. Isolate me, yeah, right, right, yeah. You don't got to do me like that. Like, yeah. So that was like, that's kind of how I used to feel about it. I, I didn't like, I didn't like it. Wow. Like, I didn't think it made me feel, feel good, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I just didn't like the fact that like, they used to just judge that like, like I would go out and play with some some kids just try to make myself look good or something like that right no I'm the age group, you know, appropriate age, appropriate size. Yeah. Now, deal with it. Yeah, yeah, and a lot, a lot of folks can't fathom greatness, yeah. right? Especially when right. they haven't seen it before. Right. And clearly you're one of one. When was that moment when you were like, okay, this mm. is for real. Like this is, I really can make a lifestyle, a really a career out of this football thing. When did it hit you? Uh, I think it was the transition from uh, Pee Wee football in the middle school. Mm. Uh, when I took that transition, I was a little nervous. Uh, I went to a, you know uh, one you know the best you know middle schools in my city at the time, so you know it was some it was some ball players over there, and uh, you know the fact that I just you know came sh straight in and uh, you know going from Pee Wee to middle school, it's like you know always making that next that next jump gonna have you feeling like hmm, am I ready for the next level? Like you know there's like going from you know. D1 to the NFL, right. you're still thinking right. about it like, hmm, like I know I played, you know, SEC D1 ball, but am I ready to do that in the NFL though? Yeah. You know, so um, 
taking that jump from Pee Wee to middle school and just coming straight in and, you know, uh, fitting right in, you know, being you know, fast enough, you know, physical enough, you know, having a, already having a playmaking ability to, you know, be on the field with those guys, like, started to help me, you know, gain the confidence. You know, I started to get on the field, actually play with those guys. Then, you know, being a playmaker that I always been just at the next level already, you know, I just kind of had that in the back of my head, like, I got to take a step or two, you know, every year so that I can, you know, be a step or two ahead of the guys in my in my in my class or you know around my age group, you know, and uh I just seen that like, you know, I was a step or two ahead of most guys that was around my age group and um I knew if I just outworked some, you know, outwork guys and just you know, outcompeted those guys, you know, year after year, uh, you know, it would set me up for, you know, success for real. And to constantly outwork your peers, right? It's not something easy to do, especially right. when you keep going higher levels, higher levels, higher levels. You talked about your mother and the way she used to work and the way she used to grind and get right. after it. How did that affect your work mindset and say, yo, this is how I'm gonna get after it every day? She's like my mom, she very independent, self-motivated. You know, and um, you know, I just seen her, you know, just you know, work so hard and just be so independent and like, you know, uh just bring her own energy to just make sure that we was good and um you know, just seeing that, you know, and I, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a ball player, you know, and I'm out here on the field. I'm a competitor too, yeah. you know. Uh, I hate to lose, you know, just all of my traits. Like I just, I hate to lose. I'm a competitor. I'm self motivated. Like I, I got all those traits, and um, just seeing how hard my mom do it by herself is like, it was hard for me to make an excuse on why I couldn't apply myself. And she used to, you know, hold me accountable to, you know, all the little, the small things, even when I was young. So, like, it was hard for me to, you know, not apply myself mm. when I, you know, just see how hard she used to just go, you know, for us, you know, at home. And she used to do it all by herself. Yeah, man. I mean, clearly, it helped you get to where you're at, man. Right. I don't think many people could have handled the obstacles you had right. your rookie year and come back so quickly. I mean, man, four weeks out, mm. come back week five, week five. We talked about October 9th. Mm. Now, brother, you got the coldest walkout I've probably ever seen, man. I need to go back there mm. with you. I need you to talk to me about that. Many men's plan. Did you know the song was planned? Did you know that was coming? What's going through your mind right there, man? You are finally fulfilling your dream to be on an NFL stage. Talk about it. Man, uh, Honestly, I was so emotional. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about the song preference. I didn't know who, you know, preferred the song or you know decided to play it. You know, it was just kind of like it caught me off guard just as much as it probably caught a lot of more people off guard. Like, uh, but I was so emotional, just kind of caught up in the emotions of you know about to finally be able to get my first career snap. You know, and uh, just being able to take the field again. And um, you know, the entrance was you know it was it was. It was lit, like it was. A, <laughs> it was exciting, you know, just because you know I've listened to Fifty my whole life, and um, like just that specific song, like many man, if you listen to it, like clearly, like you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. So like, uh, it just was all we were just all working together, you know, just for the, you know, the perfect comeback entrance for real. Yeah, and it really was the perfect comeback, man. And now we're in year two, two games in, you got three touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Would you say right now at this point? Because like I said, you didn't have a, a regular rookie season, right? Would mm -hmm. you say right now at this point you're fully comfortable, you're fully back, you fully feel like yourself again? Uh, I definitely feel like I'm I'm going 100 miles an hour in the right direction. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't really tell you, like, 
you know, what my body was dealing with, just with the trauma of like, you know, uh, gunshots and stuff like that. Uh, but it's it's something that I feel like I can, you know, eventually be able to put behind me and it's a work in progress. And I've been working my butt off, you know, that I've been working my butt off so that I, I can show up on Sundays and, you know, and look polished and, you know, look healthy and, and, and good, regardless of, you know, what my body's, you know, going through. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, what I went through, you know, just the trauma from, you know, the gunshots is just a work in progress to get, you know, my muscles and um, everything back up to par. So, um, man, I, I'm enjoying the process, you know, uh, you know, still having fun, you know, making plays on Sundays and um, I ain't going to complain. I ain't going to complain about it at all. Oh, man, that's beautiful, man. And a big part of this dominance that we're seeing not only from you, but from this offense is new offensive coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. Eric Bieniemy. Mm -hmm. Talk about EB for a little bit and what him being added to the puzzle mm -hmm. has helped you and your journey as a second year running back. Well, you know, EB, he, he, he is his own guy, man. Like he he literally is him himself. You know, he can't he can't be nobody but himself. And I respect that about him. You know, uh he pushed us, you know, to limits, you know, you know, some guy probably never thought they'd reach mm -hmm. and and push us to those limits as a unit and always making sure that we plan for each other, you know, and not letting the guys, you know, you know, create you no know, selfish behaviors and stuff like that. Just making sure that we all plan together. And I think that's the biggest thing that he emphasized that really helps us, you know, kind of get on the same page as an offense. You know, the fact that, you know, we all got to play for each other eventually because if the line don't block, I can't run. If I don't block, the quarterback can't throw. And yeah. just make sure that we all know that, like, you know, we, we all in this together and just pushing us, you know, to those limits that, you know, guys never thought that they can uh, reach for real. And he's clearly pushing you guys. And another guy that seems to be getting pushed and seems to be doing very well along yourself is Sam Howell. Right. You know, got a young quarterback here. You know, a lot of expectations was on him coming into this season. How do you mm -hmm. feel he's handled that? And just talk about Sam Howell as a leader for you guys. Uh, Sam has been probably one of the most poised guys in the whole locker room dealing with, you know, what he's been dealing with. Uh, it's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure to be a quarterback, a lot of pressure to, you know, um, be a starting quarterback and, you know, you know, franchise like this, and you know, a lot of you know fans that's you know hyped about it, and um, it's a lot of pressure. And um, I feel like he's probably the most poised. You know, he's humble. He, you know, he he sticks to the game plan of you know what he needs to do to you know perform and help the team win. And regardless of you know any ups and downs, you know he keep his head up high, and he think he's. I feel like he has the the, the, the perfect intent. You know, for you know what we're trying to do for this offense, and we, we're trying to win games. We're trying to score points, and uh, I feel like he, he has to, you know the right attitude. You know, for uh, you know as a leader, you know for our offense, you know in our whole locker room, and uh, we just got to continue to just keep him motivated. You know, keep him clean, keep him off the ground, and I feel like he'll, you know, will, he will continue to impress a lot of people. And you talk about winning games, baby. Y'all two and zero. 2-0, first time y'all have done this since 2011. I don't know if you know that, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you right now? 2-0, week three coming up, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot to me, honestly. You know, uh, just, you know, it's hard to do in this league. Very, very hard, you know, to win games. Very hard to, you know, remain undefeated, you know, week by week. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, that's just, you know, a part of us taking that next step, you know, to be something special, you know. Uh, and I feel like guys got to keep that in the back of their head and realize, you know, what, 
what we really up to, you know, this season and um, what we can really accomplish. You know, we um, we putting all the, you know, the right habits out and, you know, making sure that we stand on top of, you know, what we got to do to play well and, you know, not, you know, come out playing slow and try to pick up on the back end. Just everything we need to do to come out fast, play fast and, you know, finish the game strong and, you know, continue to win games. And we, and we definitely believe, man, y'all going to keep winning. We got a big, big matchup for week three, Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. We back here at FedEx. We mm-hmm. back home for the second time. That's your ISO cam right there. I need you to look into that camera right there before I let you go. And I need you to talk to the fans and say what you need for them when y'all are back home at FedEx Field. I know they was rocking week one, even though it was yeah. raining. What do y'all need from the fans week three before we end the show? Uh, week three, what we need from the fans, we need to show that, that y'all going to show up for us consistently. You know, like we all know, we was all expecting everybody to show up, you know, week one. You know, they was talking about, you know, it's been a sellout, you know, for, you know, a week, two weeks prior. We wanted to see if y'all going to show up for us like that consistently, you know, and um, continue to bring that energy that we need in the stadium. And we're going we gonna to pull out the win for y'all. Trust. Hey, man, I got no doubt about that. Brian, man, I appreciate you, man, for being part of the first episode of the Next Man Up podcast. Commanders family, we'll be back every week with a new Commanders player, just getting into it, hanging out, talking, man. We appreciate your insight, bro. I appreciate you being so honest and vulnerable with us. Commanders family, this is the Next Man Up podcast. I'm Brian Cobra Jr. here with Brian Robinson Jr. Appreciate you, bro. For sure. Thanks. Love this interview? Well, we got more for you. Each and every week, we will be doing a sit-down interview with your favorite Commanders players. You can find those on YouTube or stream them in podcast form in any place you get your podcast. And if you're a podcast lover like myself, we have even more for you. We have the Get Loud podcast, where Fred Smoot does what he does best, Gets Loud. And we have the Command Center podcast, where they will preview previous and upcoming games. That's Logan Paulson, that's Santana Moss, and that is, of course, Fred Smoot. The guys have a lot of fun talking all things Commanders. And, of course... I have to mention my baby, Command Center. That airs every Thursday on our YouTube, and we get into all things Commanders all the time. Stay tuned for much, much more.